it. We're Let's live now, yes. Right. 22nd episode, uh, 13th of October. Uh, this is our third go at this. Today, <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Technology rules. Yeah. But um, we missed last week. We're here this week. Do we feel bad about that? I mean, I do, kind of. I missed our time together. Oh, I missed you yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like Sam and Diane. <laughs> Okay. Timely Cheers reference. <laughs> All the kids are watching that <laughs> on TV land. Um, yeah, so I was in Dubuque. Okay. And uh, Dubuque. For work or for fun? Uh, it was it was work, uh-huh. but it ended up being fun. Oh. In part because um, I'd done a little bit of homework and read up on things to do in Dubuque. There's a lot to do in Dubuque. Have you been? No, well, not for fun. You went for work? I had to go for a meeting. Did you spend the night? No. Oh, do yourself a favor. Spend the night. They have uh, downtown Dubuque. It's kind of, it's, it's nice. So it's it's right happening? On, yeah, so it's right on the river, and uh, there's the Hotel Julian. I think I'm saying that right, or maybe it's Julia. No, Julian. Um, it's, a, it's recently renovated. It's a beautiful hotel. It was where Capone would stay. Mm. We would rent out the top three floors. There was a beautiful bar uh, on the ground floor. There was live music. Some local musicians played throughout the week. Um, they had some nice beers on tap. Um, there were some decent restaurants down there. Went to one place called Crust. Uh, had lovely pizza there. They had local musicians playing. And we were with this group of Japanese students and, and uh, faculty. Mm-hmm. They wanted to go to the casino. Really? Yeah, gambling's illegal in Japan. Oh. They were all excited. They asked me, how do, I, how do we go to the casino? So we, you open the door and you walk in. <laughs> they were like, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's that easy. Yeah. They're like, but. Here, just give me 20 bucks. Yeah. There, you played the slots. <laughs> that's, that's, you sound like one of the Japanese guys. <laughs> he said, I put the money in, it disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's gambling. Yes. But, uh, but while they were doing that, I went on the. Um, the Fernicula. It's the steepest train in the world. It goes only about 90 meters. So what is that? About 100 and some feet. But it goes on a 100 degree uh, 90 meters? Incline. 90 meters on 100. 270 feet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> you took nine times three. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more than that. Look, who took the ride? Yeah. Right, it was okay. me. Okay. 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 And it was impressive. You go like straight up. And it was, was built like an It's a train or a roller coaster. I, <laughs> that's, that was the look that people had is that, that looked like, this feels like a roller coaster. But it goes very slowly. It's very yeah. safe. Although it does look like, I mean, it was built in the 1800s. But it was fantastic. Eek. Yeah, it was a banker who built this so that he could go and have lunch and take a nap on the house that was on the top of the bluff. You know, the bank was on the bottom, so up and down. He wasn't a walker then. Not a walker. No. It took him. It took him several hours to walk up, whereas he built this in hmm. minutes. Okay. Yeah. So the next time you're in Dubuque, I will stay for fun. Stay yeah. for fun. Yeah. Go for work. Stay for fun. Yeah. Hey Dubuque, I just made you your next city motto. That, I think that's a little bit of buzz marketing you're doing right there. Is Dubuque. that what the kids call it? Yeah. Buzz marketing. Yeah. Buzz marketing. All right, so we got stuff to talk about. <laughs> More than Four minutes into it, sure. Um, nuisance invaders. Speaking of a nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting 
calls, uh, emails, Twitter questions, Facebook questions about uh, minute pirate bugs, oh, yeah. multicolored Asian lady beetle, yeah. box elder bugs, and even pine seed bugs. Oh, a pine seed bug. They're like a leaf-footed bug. Um, just Are they fairly large? Yeah, they're large. Yeah, I've seen a bunch. Yeah, of they're massing on the sides of houses. They're yeah. they're getting inside of the house. They're bothering people, and they all want to know what they can do about it. And what can they do about it? Well, my 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 quick extension answer is to seal your cracks and crevices, keep your door closed, and then they won't come in. But they're basically harmless. They're called nuisance. They're not going to sting or bite you. <laughs> That sounds like something you say to somebody when you're angry. Hey, steal your crack, buddy. <laughs> steal your crevices. <laughs> so I don't. I, I mean, for me, pesticide would be a last resort. Some people want to bomb the side of their house, or they want to, you know, set off a, a bomb in their kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Da da da. That to me, that's scary, especially yeah. if you have like kids and pets and stuff. So that would be and not necessary, right? Yeah, it's unnecessary. They're a nuisance. Yeah. So and they're going to disappear once we get a hard frost. Yeah. I know, I know the minute pyrobug, the little black ones. They're kind of white and black. But, yep. But anyway, the head of the head of a pin size, right? Yeah. My wife hates those. I get quite a reaction. Yeah, yeah. So does she. And uh, I think it's a function of she when she gets them, uh, she smashes them on her skin. Yeah. So these are true bugs. They got the little piercing, sucking, straw-like mouth parts. I think they're looking for just moisture on your skin, so they're piercing a little bit. But then when she smashes them, their mouth parts end up in her skin, and oh, she gets a nice irritated. little yeah, hive-like yeah. welt. Mm. Yeah, that's Maybe problem. that's my problem, too. I, I get those little welts. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But this, this too shall pass, right? Yeah, I mean, I still am seeing mosquitoes around, actually. I got a couple bites over the weekend, so I think you're right. When we get that frost, which the weather guy over at in Agronomy says uh, a frost is likely this weekend, That'll really knock down. Oh, this is good to know. Yeah, knock down some of those nuisance invaders. And it has been unusually warm. Yes, I it's mean, been one of the warmest Octobers we've ever had. In record, yeah. yeah. So thank you, climate change, for that. <laughs> oh, Speaking oh. of uh, big topics in science. Yeah, because you know people get all worked up about the climate change. They also get worked up about the genetically modified organisms. Yeah. So I sent you this um, article over the weekend. Yeah. It's called Standing Up for Science. This is in the journal Nature Biotechnology. So Nature is the one of the top two journals in science. And they have, what, offshoots? Yeah. Nature Biotechnology is one of them. Mm-hmm. This is an editorial. Very short. I, we can include this link to yeah. it in the... Yeah, we can. Yeah. Um, and what did you think of the article? It was very short. It was it was one kind of regular page. Um, the author is unknown, which... It's an editorial, right? Which I would like to know who the author is, actually. Usually yeah. when you have... A, even in the newspaper, I don't think they'll print it if it says anonymous. You know, not, you, well... So, I mean, so, some, sometimes they do, sometimes they I don't. Mean, if but if it comes from the newspaper, it's the editorial board. That yeah, so it. it's unclear if it's from the... Journal or it's, I don't. It's know. from the journal. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. Okay. Um, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. This is in the October 2015 issue. In case anybody wants to look it up for themselves, but um, um, they were talking about the uh, uh, the Freedom of Information Act, where a group of 
of people um, tried to get some emails uh, from a scientist. From a scientist. Uh, University of Florida researcher Kevin Folta. Yeah. F O L T A. Mm-hmm. Um, and the organization was U.S. Right to Know. Okay. They um, bankrolled a donation from the Organic Consumers Association and they submitted a freedom of information request for certain U.S. academics' emails dating back to 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just reading from the article right yeah. now. And so basically what uh, the editorial argues or suggests is that this was a fishing trip to just find anything that came from agribusiness to these researchers, including this Kevin Fulta, and then, and I'll quote here, uh, the reporters cherry-pick sentences from several thousand emails highlighting Fulta's communication with Monsanto, often out of context, to insinuate that he is an industry shill and thus presumably unfit to talk to the public. And this guy, uh, Kevin's work, is um, both in research and communicating scientific topics to the public. Mm-hmm. Sometimes known as extension or outreach. Yeah. 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 Which is what you do. Right? Yeah. I mean, his appointment, as I understand, is in the horticulture fruit industry. Am I right? Um, but he probably has a, a similar appointment to myself, research and extension, or uh, maybe it's just research what he likes to do, outreach. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any case, he he got some money from Monsanto um, that was apparently unrestricted as far as he didn't he didn't say he was going to do anything for that money or promise anything, um, but it was to be used for outreach. Is that right? Well, or not understanding um, that? So the, the point of the Freedom of Information Act and the searching of this guy's emails, as the editorial points out, is to suggest that because Kevin uh, is getting funding from Monsanto, or any company for that matter, that they're somehow no longer um, objective and that they can be trusted to speak uh, to the facts of a a topic. And the organizations that um, ran this uh, request and did this reporting, and I'm putting little air quotes around reporting here, Mm -hmm. um, is that these are, as the editorial suggests, organizations that do not support the use of genetically modified crops. And uh, there's parts in this editorial that go on to note that um, in a Pew Research Center report uh, in January 2015, only 37% of the public believe that GMO foods are safe, whereas 89% of scientists do. And the editorial, I think, is making the case that it's organizations like the ones that that we're tracking and reporting on Kevin Fulta's uh, research program and its funding to suggest that you know scientists may be biased um, and don't necessarily reflect the um, the public's opinion or have maybe they're suggesting they don't uh, have the public's best interests because they receive funding from uh, groups like Monsanto. Yeah, as I read the the letter, it said the, that they were looking for messaging of coordination between like, academia and some of the, indus- the big industry mm-hmm. companies like uh, Syngenta, DuPont, Dow, and Monsanto and the like. And 
as they go on in this editorial, the point that Folta did everything that he was legally required to do yeah. uh, in terms of reporting these gifts to these research funds. Um, yeah, the money wasn't going directly to him. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. right. Yeah, it right. wasn't going to his pocket. And but, but they go on to say that, look, that legal transparency is sometimes not enough in order to stay clean in this GMO debate. Mm -hmm. um, because, again... The reporting, if done maybe in a biased way, can make it look like the scientists are biased. Mm -hmm. When, if you take a step back, it doesn't look like they are. In fact, I, I don't think they are. You know? um, but this becomes a, a matter of opinion, not of necessarily a fact. And that's a that's a troubling thing, right? I mean that um, you know we, we look I you know just in general we look to scientists to be objective, and if people are working to discredit scientists independent of their work or their opinions but uh, or suggest that they're coordinating or colluding I don't know if that's a word you'd yeah. use um, with industry because they have they shared dollars I mean yeah. that's a pretty big claim and it's it's a frustrating one because um, and the article goes on to say this that look you know industry funding of research is a reality. Uh, it's what fuels a lot of the research that goes on in mm -hmm. land-grant universities. Absolutely. Like funding University. students, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not the largest source of funding. Um, it's not the you know, it's clearly not the only, and it's not the largest, but it is uh, a part of our research programs. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to suggest that you're getting funding from a company means that you're no longer objective and I don't, I don't, that's not helpful. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not true. Right. Um, so, I mean, I guess in terms of full disclosure, I've received money from Monsanto uh, to do I mean, research. I've received I money do. from USDA. I've received money from yeah, know, like NGOs 10 places. That, that don't work in agriculture, that work in conservation. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, full transparency. I accept a lot of uh, research dollars from industry, and it supports my technician. I wouldn't be able to, to do the research that I'd like to do without his help and without industry's help. So, and you make all of that research available publicly? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so it's, it's kind of frustrating as a scientist to hear about these things and to, to be, and to know that people might think poorly of us or question our objectivity based on where our mm -hmm. research is receiving its funding right um, yeah that's troubling I mean and, and you know and what's really frustrating about that is you know I, I publish a lot of stuff in open access journals and you know we publish our research so you know if somebody had questions about the methodology or the results or the interpretation it's there for the public to discuss mm -hmm. you know? and um, you know if you're we're not even talking about that we're talking about the perception, and mm -hmm. uh, that's that's frustrating. Well, especially for a highly charged subject like GMOs, I mean, you kind of have people on, on definite sides of the fence. Either they think they're safe or they think they're not. Sometimes, I mean, these things, I mean, it's just one example. I mean, we, we kind of joked about climate change earlier, but that's another kind of hot topic issue mm -hmm. where people mm -hmm. are kind of one side or the other. Yeah, and... I, you know, you try to be empathetic, you know, you, at least I do, and I try to understand why 
somebody comes to the opinion that they have, even if it's one that I don't share. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I, I get to some extent why there are just some people who will not accept uh, that genetically modified organisms are safe, or they, they, even if they were safe, they wouldn't want to use them. And okay, and I, if that's their opinion, mm-hmm. I can't really force them. Uh, to so si- sixty-three, if if that Pew Research Center report is accurate, sixty-three percent believe that GM foods are unsafe. Yeah. But that, you know, that when they're buying foods at the supermarket, I mean, 63% is not certified organic, non-GMO. So the people that are, they think it's unsafe, but they're still buying GM foods. So I think it becomes a bit of a complicated conversation um, in that something you just brought up there. You said, well, the food they're buying isn't certified organic. Okay, so you can't use GMO foods to to grow certified organic foods, but you know, just invoking organic is yet another kind of complicating factor. We're mm-hmm. in, in this in the discussion about genetically modified organisms. You can grow food, you know, that's not certified organic that doesn't include GMOs. Right. And, Absolutely. Uh, and what people value in terms of using uh, buying G, uh, organic is a whole another set of issues. Right. You know? um, anyway, I uh, I find. I find it all kind of frustrating mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end, especially when, and you know, no one person is doing this, but the article sort of lays out that the the efforts to uh, report on Kevin Folta, this one uh, scientist, um, those efforts, I think, in the long run, undermine public confidence in science in general. And I, I think that's okay to question science. I mean, that's and scientists. I hope, yeah. But I think you have to be real specific about how you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and just implying that there's an inappropriate relationship uh, that seems kind of um, just seems weak to me. I don't know. What do you think? Am I making any sense? Yeah. I mean, I I agree. It's unfortunate that I don't know. Um, I yeah, I agree that it's unfortunate that they would just assume some of those things, and I'm trying to pick out a few words from here. Um, They call it like propaganda, (laughs) kind of like dirty in the eyes of journalists and and their public, so they see us as, you know, easily swayed, um, especially if we get money from some of the big egg uh, companies. Yeah, the the, the one sentence in here related to that from the editorial is, quote, but whether in GM crops, vaccines, and autism, climate science, or nuclear power, scientists who speak out need to get used to being targeted by mudslingers. Yeah. It is part of today's 24-7 world of spin and instant controversies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. You know? Yeah. But they go on to point out that the reason this is a challenge is that, and, and the reason we even, you know, um, we're in discussing funding is that, uh, this editorial points out that funding for science is uh, limited, especially in the agricultural sciences. Yeah. So the reason we, you and I, go out looking for funding from USDA, from non-governmental organizations, from industry, is that without it, we wouldn't be able to practice science. We need it to fund our students to keep our labs afloat. And we don't benefit from it. I mean, it doesn't go into our salary yeah. necessarily, so... 
Yeah, this has kind of been kind of a bummer episode. <laughs> Um, well, I'm sure, like, the, the people that are listening, whether they're farmers or they're people working in agriculture, I mean, I think they must feel some of the same things that we're feeling. You know, just because you work for an industry doesn't mean that you're necessarily this or that or you have certain beliefs um, about GM foods and all that. So, I mean, I think we have a diverse audience listening, yeah. I think. And so um, I, I think I this will so. ring, ring yeah. true for, for some of them. You know, people make assumptions about, well, if you work for an industry, then you must be you know, like not on the good side, you're on the, you know, the money-making side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not true always. Well, the, the other thing that's kind of frustrating for me is they talk about a GMO debate. We had our lab meeting this morning and we talked about this as a group. I don't know, I don't see that debate. I mean, what is it, 80, 90 percent? I think it's 89 percent of all soybeans grown in the United States are genetically modified. There's no debate. I mean, this is, this is you, this is technology that's used by uh, the majority of farmers um, in the U.S. and I think worldwide, right? The trend is this is increasing, and it can be very, very powerful technology. Yeah, but I, I think there are people that are still questioning. I mean, just on here that they're safe and should be used and adopted on a wide scale. So yeah. I think the conversations are still happening. Yeah, but I, I, my, I guess my point is that there'll always be people who maybe disapprove of. Or, or, there will always be a debate. There will always be maybe two sides to an issue. Yeah. But the majority um, uh, seeing, you know, and, and the evidence, at least that I'm aware of, is yeah, these are safe for human consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are, there, are they always the best technology for agriculture? You know, that's a different question, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they can be really powerful tools that can help reduce the use of, use of insecticide. But if they're used inappropriately or excessively, um, there can be problems, and we're seeing that with resistance to herb to yeah herbicides and insecticides, and that that's a different conversation, right? right. I mean, that's right. one I think that would be a lot more uh, valuable to have uh, than you know, are we not objective because we take money from Monsanto? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of a bummer. Hey, it all can't be roses and sunshine. Or minute pirate bugs and what was that big one that was flying around? Pine seed bug. Yeah. I, th- I think I'll I've put a link. I wrote a blog about yeah. uh, nuisance invaders. I'll put a, a link on there to my article. I just yeah. show a couple of pictures of the most common invaders right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. If it's the one I'm thinking of, because when we were out with these uh, Japanese students, uh, when it flies, it, ha- it when its wings are expanded, mm. you can see like a yellow color mm. in the abdomen. So, it, but then when it folds up its wings and lands, it's all brown. Okay, is that the one? Well, I guess I've never seen it in flight. I I we've seen them around our yard, like on our fence and on the side of our house. Mm-hmm. And um, according to Laura Jesse, um, she works in the diagnostic lab. That's the one thing that's like the most popular thing coming in right now. Um, or, you know, they're sending pictures and like, yeah, what yeah. is this? So, But, but it, not in flight when it's just walking. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I think that's the one. Mm-hmm. Anything else we should talk about? Um, hey, uh, this Thursday, Ryman Gardens, the EGSO, Entomological Graduate Student Organization, is hosting a Insect Fear Film Festival from... Well, just film festival. Just it's, film festival. it's not too scary because it's for kids, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Children of all ages. Yeah, so they're going to have the insect zoo. I think you'll be able to walk through the butterfly wing. 
Um, they'll have just other like crafts, I think, that you yeah. that are bug related, insect related. So that'll be fun. So it's it's for kids, but actually anyone who's interested in just kind of coming out to Ryman Gardens. Um, I think it's from six to nine. Six to nine, and yep. it's free. Yeah, that's that's the best part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's about it. Okay. Okay. See you next time. Okay. Until next, next time. Week, we, we won't miss. Okay. Bye.